0: And we are back with another episode of Tackling the Premier League Podcast after what seems like forever. A long break that was uh, separated us by uh, a World Cup, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. But the guys are back to wrap up the past 11 days, which consisted of 30 matches and a lot
1: of entertainment. Guys, how we doing? Good over here. Just ready to get into these games. Very exciting past 11 days. Like you said, three matches for each team. Let's go. Oh,
2: yeah. Always ready. Always ready.
0: Yeah. Um, It's been a long time since we've gotten together and a lot has changed. Uh, A lot of news to bring to you. Uh, We won't get into it all because, you know, that would take forever. Uh, I guess we'll start with just a little bit of news. One of the highlights in terms of what, what we talk about in the Premier League, uh, a certain Manchester United player has departed from the club uh, and, and signed for a Middle East team. Uh, he goes by the name Cristiano Ronaldo. He was even, uh, not only has he had a rough start to this season uh, being benched by his manager at Manchester United, he was benched by his manager at the World Cup as well. Uh, before we get into the the breakdown of the table, guys, give me your thoughts. What, BJ, I'll start with you. What... Uh, what are we saying on, on Ronaldo's exit from Manchester United in the future for his career?
1: Uh, I mean, just was, just a month ago on that um, Pierce Morgan interview, he was saying how um, he doesn't see going to the Middle East and stuff like that for him. He wants to stay and compete in these top leagues. And What does he do now? He goes and takes the money. It's sad to see, honestly. I've always been a big Ronaldo fan. Y'all know that. Um, I've always thought he was better than Messi. That's clearly not even an argument anymore. Sad to say that, but yeah, I have to say it. But, yeah, this is not what I want to see from Ronaldo.
2: I mean, honestly, I've been saying that he's been done for, what, nine months now? And I got absolutely roasted in the group chat whenever I said it. But turns out who was right all along? I mean, it seems like a completely different Manchester United team after this break, which I'm sure we'll get into.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had a a pretty good, uh, you know, first – three-quarters of the season last season uh, in his return to Manchester United. But since his has fallen out with his new manager and has just not seemed uh, the, the player that he is, uh, he obviously was unable to make his debut for his new Middle Eastern club, Al Nasser, today due to uh, a suspension from the Manchester United, uh, from his last game with Manchester United. Uh, he will make his debut coming up. But uh, yeah, best of luck to him in the rest of his career. I hope one day we can see him in America before he turns 40. Uh, i surely sure they won't be going out of my way to go see him, but if Messi ever comes abroad, yeah, we're we're 100% going. Tackling in Premier League, we'll do that one live. Uh, I guess we'll jump right into the table, guys. Um, obviously, with the Queen's death and some rearranging of games, some teams have played 17, some play- teams have played 18, so bear with us for a minute. We'll start at the top of the table, as we always do, and um, none other than uh, the team who belongs there in terms of alphabetical order, but also in terms of points Uh, Arsenal sit first, 17 games played uh, on 44 points. Last five games, four wins, one draw. Uh, We'll start with Justin and then get BJ's opinion because he's the uh, Arsenal fan. Boob, what are you saying about Arsenal here?
2: I mean, after the break, they certainly look good. I mean, just like they have all year, they obviously lost or dropped points this past week to a very good Newcastle team. But they've been comfortable. I mean... It's really not much you can say other than they've continued their success uh, from the beginning of the year. Jerm?
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, Justin said it right. Um, definitely a nice start uh, to the restart of the season here at uh, the New Year um, and after um, the World Cup. That uh, draw against Newcastle, it hurt a little bit. We had a bunch of opportunities at home. The crowd was into it. The fans were really pumping up the players. They just couldn't get it done. I mean, I got some issues with the rest, but we'll move past that. Got a point out of it. Um, yeah. Seven, seven points from these three games,
0: I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle are a really good side, so um, you know that that draw doesn't look too t- too terrible uh, for Arsenal in, in their ch- uh, pursuit of the title. And like you said, seven points in those three games uh, without their uh, striker, their number nine, Gabriel Jesus, who was hurt in the World Cup and is expected out until at least March. Um, obviously, you know, we are in a transfer window now, so there's some speculation around Arsenal and some striker moves. Uh, but so far, Arsenal seem to not miss a beat without him, uh, and he may only make them stronger come the back half of this uh, of this season. Um, Arsenal, next game, uh, North London Der- Derby uh, next Sunday. Uh, they travel to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, to take on their rivals. What do we see them getting out of that one?
1: Mm, that is a huge game, Jack. Got to get at least a point. We got to continue this um, unbeaten run. <laughs> I'd like to say three points, but I'm just going to say we draw.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be a good one to watch for sure, but <clears throat> the way Arsenal's been playing, the way Tottenham's look, I'm giving Arsenal all three.
0: Yeah, same here. Uh, Richarlison's out for at least six weeks. Uh, Dejan Kulicevsky, uh I haven't seen a timetable for his return. I know he's not out indefinitely, but – uh, I think they're taking it day by day for him, so there's a question mark of whether he'll play or not. Uh, and obviously, teams will have a little bit of a break. Obviously, that's next Sunday. Uh, I think there's some FA Cup action to be had, but other than that, yeah, I see Arsenal picking up Paul three, no doubt. That, excuse me, no doubt there. Uh, we'll move on. to we'll –
1: um, Hold on, it's just the way Tottenham plays, man. It's just all. It's just Arsenal's kryptonite almost, because they sit back on that counter and then they just they hit on the counter really, really, really quick, and it just kills us every time i don't know i'm just nervous for it fellas i really don't see us picking up three points i see get city gaining another two
2: points on us i mean arteta did learn from Pep, and that's what hurt us too or tottenham has been our achilles heel as well so
0: yeah we'll move on to uh just that manchester city who sits just underneath arsenal on the table in second place um uh, they sit on 39 points uh in their last five um Obviously, they've uh, picked up three wins, a loss, and a draw. Uh, and, and Manchester City, uh, you know, keeping that form that they had uh, at the beginning of the season, um, just a little stumble here or there. But uh, Justin, I'll get your opinion. What did what? What have you seen in terms of Manchester City going for or since the uh, restart?
2: Uh, we've been great at times. We've been poor at times. I mean, take how we played to get up, let's say, the first 70 minutes against Leeds. And then we just sat back, and it was really nerve-wracking the rest of the game because Leeds is a team you can never do that uh, against because they always find goals. And after Leeds found their first, they really controlled the game the last 20 minutes. Um, but then against Everton in the day, it's like we're in second gear at all times, which one goal every game, that ain't gonna do it. I mean, Demari Gray did hit a wonderful free or wonderful strike at the edge of the box to tie it up. But that game it just felt like we needed a second. And even today against Chelsea, we needed a second as they looked good getting forward in the last ten, fifteen minutes or so.
0: Aaron, what say you on uh Manchester City's
1: past through game? I mean, uh yeah, good performances, I think. Uh that draw against Everton, that hurt them, obviously. A late Damari uh, Gray goal brought flashbacks back to me, Jack. You remember that, don't you?
0: No, I remember that. Don't worry.
1: But um, so Everton kind of does that every once in a while, maybe one time a season. So, yeah, against the big clubs, so that that's the one time yep. they do it this season. But yep. we'll, we'll see how it does go forward. That was, that was good for them. Good mm-hmm. win today for them, that's for sure. Yeah, that,
0: there's a big match today. Uh, Man City defeated Chelsea 1-0 at Stanford Bridge. Uh, they also uh, beat Leeds 3-1. And then obviously the draw and the El Tackle Co. Um, uh, that was on uh, New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, Man City, you know, they it, it's interesting because, you know, the, the players went away for the World Cup and they come back and, and some of them lost their positions. I mean, Rico Lewis has stepped in and, and been a brilliant right back. And today, Kinsella started... He was hooked off the field after 65 minutes. Rico Lewis came on it, and City were, you know, a different team. They looked a lot better the first half performance compared to the second half performance. I thought City were a lot better in the second half. Uh, was That's an interesting headline to keep yeah. moving forward, because I don't think Pep's ever going to move away from Ake at left back until it stops working. And, and, you know, City have a chance. You know, obviously they're five points off of Arsenal, uh, but they still have to play Arsenal twice. And if they pick up six points there, they'll be a point ahead, obviously, because, you know, I'm good at math. But um,
2: that's, yeah. an
0: that's an interesting storyline to keep up with.
2: And then talking about the players, too, um, Pep changed up the system, going back to our original back four for the last couple games uh, with Ake and Rico Lewis. And then uh, he put Grealish and Mares on, which me, I've been calling for that in pretty much every game. City account I follow on Twitter was calling for Foden to start as well. And Grealish and looked look to better two wingers uh, in the second half. So, like you said, these guys coming back from the World Cup might just lose their position.
0: Yeah. Uh, with that, any, any more to add to City, guys? No. We want a third place, and a bit of a surprise is they're not one of the uh, Sky 6 teams. Uh, Newcastle United take up their place uh, in third. They're level with points, uh, level on points with Manchester United. Um, uh, much better goal differential, but they also have a game. Uh, Manchester United have a game in hand on them as Newcastle's played 18 and Manchester United only played 17. Uh, Newcastle sit third. They have th- tied for the most draws in the top 10 of the Premier League table. Now, actually, yes. Correct, with eight. Uh, The only other team in the top ten that has the same amount is uh, Brentford. Brentford. Yeah, yeah, eight draws, uh, nine wins and one single loss, and I think that loss was Arsenal, no?
1: Nope, it was not.
0: Okay, I may have been City. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It
2: it was City, we drew. It was the Liverpool.
0: Uh, It was was that last-minute winner for Fabio Carvalho, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Newcastle since the restart uh, just absolutely dominated Leicester in a 3-0 impressive display. Uh, drew with Leeds 0-0 on, on New Year's Eve, and then again uh, on Tuesday, uh, Drew with League Leaders Arsenal. Uh, has them sitting just four points off City, obviously City with the game in hand. Uh, guys, Newcastle United since the restart, what are, we, what are we saying? I
2: think that they've been solid other than the – uh, Leeds game i personally thought that that one was going to be a high scoring entertaining game considering what both teams can do on the attack but like you said with the draws they just need to squeak out a win and maybe they would be further up i mean competing for that top position even i mean it was a good result against arsenal for them though
1: yeah um Newcastle's um uh, definitely um been doing pretty good. What is it? nine hours now that they haven't conceded a goal, something like that? It's freaking insane. um they just gotta they gotta find ways to put them in back of the net in some of these games. These draws are I think they're gonna hurt them uh, if they actually want to try to compete for top four in the um at the end of the um season. so we'll see, but um they, they gotta find the goals, I think.
0: Eddie howe has got this men rolling. Uh, and with a with a big January here, you know, I'm sure they still have more money to spend. We'll see if they can get a backing. Alexander Uzak, like we said, still hasn't been able to play. Uh, Alan St. Maximum was on the bench against Newcastle. I mean, excuse me, against Arsenal, uh, waiting to see if he can return to his uh, beginning of the season form. Newcastle United is another very interesting team we'll keep our eye on as we move forward to this Premier League season. Uh, move on to round out the Champions League places uh, with Manchester United. Uh since the restart, Manchester United have been in, 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 in decent form. And, uh, you know, obviously with the with headlines surrounding them for the past, you know, two months as the players break for the World Cup, uh, Manchester United came out swinging. 3-0 win versus uh, Nottingham Forest, 1-0 over Wolves, 3-0 over Bournemouth. Uh, they've been playing decently well, kept a clean sheet since Christmas. Uh, what say, uh, BJ, what say you about
1: United? No, um since Project Restart, United's definitely been the hottest team. Uh won all three games. No one else has done that. So props to them. Um, they got a tough one coming up. Uh they got City. Uh not this Saturday but next Saturday. So that'll be exciting to see. I think City will win that. So they'll put it in the United's run, but I hope not. Who do you pull for in that game, PJ? I don't know, that's a good question, man. You got The hottest team in the Premier League right now with uh, Manchester United. Like I said, haven't lost since uh, World Cup restart. Um, You're just going for a draw? Yeah, Yeah, I'd probably have to go with a draw, but I think City's going to win. All right, shit, what you got on United?
2: Uh, Since the uh, World World Cup restart, they did have a favorable run playing against three teams in the bottom uh, fourth of the table. But... They took care of business, and in all three, they kept a clean sheet, which is kind of surprising with their form before, but like we were talking about with Ronaldo, it seems like the whole spirit of the club is just going to go up and up from here.
0: It shows you what a top manager can do, and and, and a game plan, and a, and a club that moves in the correct direction. Obviously, they're still looking to sell, but it looks like the, uh, the club is actually moving in the correct direction, and, and the spirit of the club is, is restored so far. Um, we'll see if Manchester United are still singing, We Want Glazers Out, as they have to face City, which I believe they went down 4-0 against and ended up coming back. It was 6-2 at the end of the game, or 6-3? 6-3. Yeah, 6-3, 6-3, yeah. But, I, I mean, again, this uh, that Manchester United team, they have the talent, they have the ability – and they have the know-how to get it done. I will say, I think they're one of their best players on that team has got to be Casemiro. I mean, we we kind of we talked about the signing, whether it was a good signing or it was a bad signing. Clearly, he's he's shown that he's a class player, and it was a brilliant signing as, as they've been as he's been playing well for them, and they have turned their season uh, upside down from the start that they had. That was very difficult.
2: Yeah, yeah, and then talking about the city game next week. I mean, I hope City wins, obviously, but I think it'll be a tight one. Where's that at? Old Trafford. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good one for sure. There's a bunch of good games.
0: We'll move to fifth place uh, in in a Europa League spot, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, They have played 18 games, so they're one of those teams that that are uh, ahead of the curve in terms of games played they sit on 33 points two points behind manchester united um a little bit shaky for tottenham hotspur uh you know antonio conte is not happy uh he said maybe he might have to leave if it if it means tottenham gets better uh obviously just a dominant display yesterday against crystal palace and a 4 0 win we'll get to crystal palace but uh on new year's day unai emery in aston villa showed up to tottenham hotspur stadium and put them in the dirt, and then Boxing Day, Brentford came out with a 2-2 draw after going 2-0 up. Um, Tottenham Hotspur so far this season, guys, a little bit shaky here and there, all over the place. Uh, what do you see for the future of Tottenham Hotspur uh, for the rest of this season?
1: Um, I definitely think Conte's out at the end of this year. I don't see any way he stays. Uh, this, this team just – I don't see much momentum in this team or will to actually – win and do good. I mean Harry Kane, yeah, he has fifteen goals, uh, second leading score in the Premier League, but you that's what you expect from him. I don't really see too much around him right now, if I'm being honest.
2: Yeah, and he's really been having to do it by himself, uh, since song just got his fourth goal of the season. It's only the second game he's scored in though, uh, against Crystal Palace uh yesterday. But with the three games that they've had Since the break, they've run into a very good or in form, I should say, Brentford team, a Villa team who's going to show up against the big teams. But you don't really know what they're going to do against teams of of their level and then absolute dominant against Crystal Palace. So you never really know what you're going to get from this team.
1: Yeah. Three completely different performances on honestly.
0: Yeah, and uh, like we were talking about Son, I mean, this is a guy who was co-golden boot winner last year, obviously only scoring two more goals than Erling Holland has at the moment right now, but it, it's one of those things where they've dropped their form, even though they've brought in a, an absolute number of players. I mean, you see, you know, Ivan Perisic has been playing pretty decent for them, brought him in, Yves Basuma brought him in, and brought him in. Uh, Rodrigo Bentancor was signed permanently, I believe, and Dejon Kuleszewski is still there. He's going to be signed perma- permanently in, uh, in in May.
1: Chris Romero is signed should... permanently in the summer. That's right. Spurs should be
0: a, a lot further ahead of where they are right now, and it's just it's it's not it's not what you want to see, especially from an Antonio Conte side who you expect to be doing a lot better than this. Um, so you know we'll we'll see as far as Spurs goes uh moving forward but definitely i think spurs have have a gap to fill they they've got to be better and i think they have to be a european teams this year especially with the reinforcements they've added uh, if that's enough from Tottenham hospital we'll move to uh uh liverpool The who's, the shite absolutely who sit in sixth place uh and and some of their fans would consider them to be playing like shite um they since the restart uh, an impressive win, 3-1 against Aston Villa. Uh, they beat Leicester 2-1. Uh, and then they got absolutely thwarted at the Tech Community Stadium by Brentford, 3-1. Um, this Liverpool team, Virgil van Dijk went down with an injury in that Brentford game. This Liverpool team, a little bit of trouble, guys. Uh, uh, I'll start with BJ. This team challenged City for the title last season. They are nowhere near challenging for the title this season. What say you about Liverpool's season so far and the prospectus going forward?
1: Um, yeah, it's interesting right now from Liverpool. They did sign Cody Gapo, so that's a big signing from them. We'll see how that turns out up, up front. They got a bunch of different players up top. Now they can they're interchangeable, honestly. They can play different positions. Darwin Nunez, mostly a striker, but then you got Luis Diaz, Cody Gapo, Muhammad Salah. They all of them can honestly interchange up top, play their center forward false nine role. So we'll see how it comes out. I think Liverpool is going to compete for the top four, honestly. I, If I'm being honest, fellas, I think Newcastle falls out. I think the top four is going to be Arsenal, Man City, uh, Man United, and Liverpool. Not in that order, but there's your top four. But we'll see. I I think Liverpool is going to turn it on.
2: Yeah, and they do have a lot of players out. They had to go get uh, Cody Gakpo because of injury. Not saying that that's a bad signing at all. It's just kind of what they needed to do. And we saw what Luis Diaz did second half of the season as he was a great signing. but. They haven't really looked good after this restart. They should have lost against Leicester. They didn't score a goal that game. Um, and then they got thwarted by Brentford, obviously. but yeah. oh, Just a
1: little fact on that Leicester game. It was the first game ever that a player scored two home goals in one game, I'm pretty sure. Premier League. He game. was on
2: a perfect hat trick. He just needed one with his head. <laughs> you
1: know there's a rule – if
0: you score three, if a team scores three goals in one game, it's either a team or a player, but if three goals are scored in one game, the match gets a bin and then three points are awarded to the team that did not score the goals. So it was almost, you know, a forfeit for Liverpool. But yeah, again, the, the Gakpo signing is very interesting for me because what position does he play when everyone's healthy? Luis Diaz, Diego Jota, uh, Darwin Nunez, Mo Salah. It almost seems like Jurgen Klopp's pushing uh, someone out of the club. Obviously, Roberto Firmino only has two or three years left. I couldn't see him going past that. Uh, is, the, is, is Mo Salah's time coming to an end with Liverpool after just winning the Golden Boot last year, tying with Son?
2: Mm, I don't they think so.
1: I think, I think you uh, dropped Bobby, like you said, and you rolled those five. That is, it's not. You need to have those five. You need to have five good attacking players that can interchange like they have. That you so you can play in the Premier League and Champions League and these few domestic cups, like like you want to from a big club. I, don't know, yep. I think those five players are good.
0: so you got a comment on that, or you were trying to make one?
2: Nah, I just said yep. Nice. We'll move on from Liverpool.
0: Uh, and, and move to uh round out our european places with the european conference league place uh and a bit of a surprise at the moment for us guys actually the next three are really a surprise but we'll start with this one uh fulham football club recently promoted fulham uh after 18 games sit level with liverpool um really 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 good stuff from marco silva's men so far this season uh fulham have have been taking it to town uh, they they've withstood the test of of the top six pretty decently, and, and they can they continue to have a decent run of form. W- what do we think about Fulham so far, guys? And and and,
1: and their restart since uh, Christmas. I mean, they're the second hottest team in the Premier League, only behind Man United on the gold differential. So yeah, great start uh, for them since the World Cup restart. Uh, the The last game against Leicester, only a 1-0 win, but they'll take it obviously. Uh, I'm happy to see this from Fulham. Uh, um, I like it. Mitrovic
2: balling. Yeah, and the biggest question was, can Mitrovic do it at this level, which he's proven that he can. Uh, he's responsible for three of their goals since the restart, and you can almost guarantee him either assisting or scoring one almost every game. So they've really answered the question, and it really shows you that it's not the individual players – uh, per se. it's just how they play together.
0: Right, that's right, absolutely, and and uh, you, you know Paulinho was was one of the big summer signings after being promoted. He's been playing very well, obviously, but he, I, don't I, mean, anybody, it, I don't think anybody I don't think anybody expected this at the beginning of the season for Fulham.
1: Just going off what you just said, bringing up Paulinho. I mean, if it wasn't for Holland being signed this summer, would he be the signing of the season right now? I, I mean, he's obviously transferring Fulham.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think they're the surprise of the season as well. It's been. Been impressive for them, uh, and and Fulham's Fulham's moving fast. Here's the question for you guys: You know, we have about Fulham have exactly 20 games left to go in the season. Can they do it? Can can they can they stay in the top half of the table? Or
1: what, what's your perspective for them moving forward? You can go ahead, Justin.
2: I can see them finishing top half. Um, there's a big group for that for the tenth through spot, but I really don't see them dropping out of the top ten and really competing for a European spot.
1: Yeah, I, d- I definitely don't see them dropping out of the top ten. It's going to be tough to compete for that European spot. Like Justin said, you got that group of teams right there all uh, separated by only five, uh, three points, uh, five teams. So um, I think Chelsea will probably jump them, but I definitely see them um, staying above teams like Brentford and Brighton, um, even though Brentford's Playing really really well right now. Definitely still see them staying top half. Yeah,
2: and they got Chelsea next game, and I it's at home too. So I could really see them coming away with a two one victory or one nil. Even it all depends on how healthy Chelsea is, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Chelsea and their their injury struggles. Um, but moving on from Fulham, we'll move to Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, Brighton and Albion, a, really a really interesting season so far. Lose their manager and one of their players of the season from last season. Uh, sign a new manager. He goes winless in his first five games. And and since the World Cup restart, he seemed to turn that corner. Uh, they had Southampton, who uh, hold up a lot at the bottom of the table uh, on Boxing Day, which they beat 3-1. They faced league leaders Arsenal in a 4-2 match that was a lot closer than the scoreline. Appears Arsenal obviously coming out winners in that one, but Brighton playing very well. And then they uh, travel to Liverpool to take on Everton uh, on on Tuesday and absolutely thwarted Everton. They were up 4-0 until Everton got a late penalty in that game. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion, they sit eighth place on 27 points with a game in hand over Fulham, who are only a point ahead of them. Uh, This team is just exactly what you look at in terms of recruitment and and how to build a football club from the ground up what, what is the what is the key keys to Brighton's success and how far do you see them taking this
2: well, i think one of their keys to success is starting the game off well in the arsenal game they played a good game except they went down a goal in the first 2 minutes if you want to compete against good teams teams you're not supposed to beat You can't do that, just plain and simple. So I think that and continuing to play as a group, uh, I think they're one of those teams along with Fulham where it's not necessarily the strength of individual players as it is the strength of the team.
1: Yeah, it's just the whole uh, system that Fulham's got going I mean,
2: Brentford's got going on right
1: now. They're definitely – every player's honestly uh, bought into it. Uh, the coaches have bought into it. Their recruitment team's bought into it. So this is what you want from a whole club, honestly. The whole club's bought into this uh, style of play they've got going on right now. And you'd like to see it from Brentford. It's going to be – oh, man. I, just, it's, I definitely don't see them finishing in a um uh, European spot, which is what you need to continue to progress. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for Brentford to continue to do what they're do- – uh, I meant Brighton, I'm sorry. For what Brighton – continue to do what Brighton needs to do to – progress each season so it's going to be tough Uh, I I definitely think they'll lose players like Lucas Troussard is going to leave so I mean it's going to be tough to uh, replace these players each to get these uh, signings right like they're doing each time so
0: they're going to get some wrong. I don't see Brighton not getting European football this year as a disappointment I mean obviously right now on the table they're they're in a really good spot and they have an advantageous position especially with Chelsea being so injured and and a lot of those mid table clubs really having poor years. But, I mean, you got to think of what they've been through this season. Obviously, you know, they lost Kukurea, a guy they only signed last season, was their player of the season last year. Uh, and they've signed brilliant players in, in, uh, in Estupion and Matomo, and even the Ferguson kid up top, man. I, whew, he's, he's incredible as a teenager. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think that them missing out on European football this season is necessarily a bad thing because I think with, if they keep the same pattern of of brilliant recruitment and brilliant development, I mean, this team could be, this team could break through into this top six for years to come if they continue. And I mean, they have a brand new manager, so you give him a, this is his first transfer window to actually make a difference. I don't even think they'll make a move, but this summer, you know, if they do, you know lose uh leonardo trossard like you said who's he gonna bring in who is the recruitment who who are the, the scouting networks already pointing to saying this is the person we need to bring in we don't know yet so you know, a lot of surprises yet to come from Brentford. i wouldn't be right 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 i i would i'm interested to see what they move forward uh they've got yeah. liverpool next and and they they have them at home um what what do we think of that one, Justin? You were going to make a comment, so I'll let you make that comment, and then tell me what you think about uh, about their next match against a Liverpool team who just got walked off the pitch by Brentford.
2: Well, a couple players you left off that list as far as their new signings um, and departures. Moises Caicedo has walked into the role that Basuma left and is playing it just as well as Basuma did last year. But I don't think they keep him. Is he long-term. a new signing? yeah I'm pretty sure either that okay. or he's coming off the bench very nicely, um yeah, I mean, he didn't play much last year, considering Basuma was in that role, but he's filled it seamlessly, but Absolutely. as far as the Liverpool game, I could see them walking away with three points, and I mean it's on the South coast, you never know what Liverpool's gonna do this season, so. I'm gonna say Brighton three points. Yeah, you know
0: it. He was he was bought on June fifteenth by Brighton for six million Euros. And he's yeah. currently he's currently worth thirty-eight million. <laughs> That's just brilliant. I mean, I wish Brighton were a publicly traded company. I would definitely trade them one hundred percent. Anyways, uh BJ, what do you see out of the Brighton Liverpool game? Uh Liverpool three points. <laughs> That's fair. But I mean We'll see, you know, always fair and love in football. Uh, Moving on to uh, ninth place, the the Bees absolutely buzzing under manager Thomas Frank. They sit uh, in ninth place, a point ahead of Chelsea. Obviously, they played an extra game. Um, But the next game is at at home against Bournemouth. Uh, 26 points, six wins, eight draws, four losses. Guys, the Bees, you know, what do we say about the Bees? Tell me.
1: Justin.
2: They would have won all three if they could just finish games out, uh especially against Tottenham, but that's what Tottenham's known to do. Um they've really looked good as a whole group, you know, not being the strongest players, like we said about these mid uh upper level team or upper table teams, but they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Um the only question I got is what What's the come of this Ivan Tony situation?
0: Sure. Boy, you and I both want to know the answer to that. BJ, what do you think?
1: Um, well, he's injured right now. That's the only situation I'm worrying about from him. I don't think they're gonna do anything about that whole gambling or betting situation right this season. So we'll see. He injured but, what yeah, yeah but he, he, he missed last game and they still won, but he should be playing. It's not he was almost he almost played. I'm telling you they're not gonna make a decision on it this year. You ain't gotta worry about it this year.
0: I mean, he's been charged, so yeah. it did, it, They do take
1: happen. a while.
0: They do take a while. So maybe this season he won't. He won't see anything. But again, I mean, it, it, we don't know what he betted on. You know, if he's betting on horse racing or or betting on darts or whatever. I mean, who gives a shit? But if he's betting on football and he's betting on the Premier League or the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup or any competition that Brentford are are competing in, you got to ask the question: What's going on behind the scenes?
1: I I don't as long as he's not betting on Brentford. I mean, yeah, Brentford. I I really don't care. Let let a guy bet whatever. Just be. I mean, Jack, you you're you can bet. Why can't he?
0: He plays football and can change the outcome of games. And I can't.
1: He change an outcome of a game he's not playing in. I mean, that's
0: fair. Yeah, but at the same time, like there are rules against professional athletes betting in the leagues that they're in. I mean, I'm. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, he's being charged. Rules at all. Yeah. Whether we agree with them or not, that doesn't really matter. They're rules
1: and they're put in place. And if you break them, there are consequences. And and sure, I mean, the world's changing. So I don't think those rules are really in place or in the right place anymore. Fair. Betting's becoming so much. I mean, look at the games right now before before the Chelsea-Man City game. There was stats and bets all over the screen about these players. Odds for Raheem Sterling to score goals. And all these companies yeah, are making I money mean, off of it. Why can't players, as long as they're not betting on their team or games they're playing in, I don't give a crap. That's the end of the story for me. Justin, you got an opinion on it?
2: I mean, all fair points. Uh, if he's not playing in it, I still – kind of don't think he should bet in the league but like you're saying who cares if he can't change the outcome only only
1: only thing I can see like like you just said all right well they play um well, I want to bet on Arsenal Tottenham game here in a couple weeks well I play Tottenham tomorrow let me go out and try to injure one of their players to help my betting odds that's the only thing I can see happening if he's betting on Premier League games other than that I really don't care
0: So he shouldn't – so what you're saying is he shouldn't be able to bet on Premier League, FA Cup, or
1: Carabao Cup games? I mean, that – the example I just brought up is the only argument you can really make, and it took me a second to even really think of it. So, I mean – Realistic, though, is it not? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of agree. It is a good argument I just brought up. But it's it's tough. It's a tough situation to be in. At
0: the same time, I mean, these rules are put in place, and while they're rules, they have to be enforced – uh, and and I feel like the Premier League, the the FA ha, has a, a brilliant opportunity here. I mean, obviously, uh, just for an example, and I don't want to bring everything back to Everton, but the FA charged Rashardson for throwing that flare into the crowd, and did not suspend him until you know four or five months later with a one game suspension. So you're you're right; it may not happen this year, uh, but but the outcome of that uh, definitely could impact Brentford's future. Um, in terms of in terms of what I've been because I mean, two hundred thirty six counts is not is not anything small, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll round out the top ten uh, with with uh, a little bit of a surprise here. Chelsea Football Club sit tenth um, on twenty five points. Uh, obviously, game in hand, they have se- they've only played seventeen games, so they do have that game in hand. Um, they also have a long list of injuries. Uh, we'll get to that since. Christmas. Uh, they came out beating Bournemouth 2-0. Uh, they tied Nottingham Forest, and which, which is just a devastating result for Grand Potter and Chelsea. Uh, 1-1 on, on New Year's Day, and then obviously the defeat to City today at home. Uh, their list of injuries include um, Armando Brojar with an ACL, Wesley Fofana, Edward Mindy, Reese James, Nicola Gante, uh, Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, and Christian Pulisic. You could argue that's five or six starters right there out for Chelsea. Um for all the differing types of injuries, but Todd Bowley, the the uh, owner of the club, is is uh, pulling out the wallet and breaking the bank to cover those spots. What do we think of Chelsea so far, guys, and their their future going forward?
1: Yeah, um, not a good uh, World Cup restart for Chelsea, especially these last two games. Very disappointing draw to Nottingham Forest, and then. A disappointing uh, loss at home to uh, Man City. You gotta at least get a point or a uh, three points out of that game if you want to compete for a European spot. Um, but yeah, like you said, Jack, their um, new owners breaking the bank for them. Uh, already got two new signings this uh, transfer window as center back um, from AS Monaco. I can't say his name, so I'm not even gonna try. He's French, very tall, pretty uh, pretty young too. So we'll see. Forty mil for him. And then they brought in a young striker um, from the da- uh, Danish league. So we'll see how that's going.
2: Yeah, and it really comes down to injury for Chelsea. Uh, they'd be a com- completely different ball club without those eight or ten players out. Um, but you're talking about uh, David Datro Fofana. I think he's one to watch for the future. It'll be interesting to see whether they keep him or send him out on home especially with how they played today, taking off Aubameyang uh, and bringing on two under-20 players and then Gallagher, who's 22. Um, that just shows that the attitude from the experienced players isn't there for Graham Potter.
1: Yeah, with Broha's injury, the only really true striker they have is Aubameyang, so they might really keep him.
2: Yeah.
0: That's a bit of business I don't quite understand because I'm pretty sure they paid a little penny for him. And he paid like 15 mil or 12 mil or something like that. Yeah, and he's I think not. He has not been performing, and he does not – he looks like a shadow of himself when he was at Arsenal. Uh, it just does not – does not personally have the quality for me to be leading the line for Chelsea. But then again, I'm not Graham Potter, or I guess Thomas Tuchel was the one who bought him, but uh, I'm not them, and I don't know. I mean, apparently he, he must have something going for him that we don't understand. Um, Chelsea's obviously their next game is against Fulham, who are ahead of them in the table in a London Derby. Uh, That's one of their makeup games, so they'll be uh, even with the rest of the table in terms of that. All right, we'll move on to the more disappointing half of the table, the bottom half of the table, Uh, and that that starts with uh, Aston Villa. Uh, New manager, Unai Emery, came in after the sacking of uh, Steven Gerrard, who was absolutely shit. Um, Aston Villa sit three points behind Chelsea, uh, having played one more game on 22 points. Uh, up next, they have Leeds. Uh, since the break, they lost uh, 3-1 to Liverpool at home. They beat Spurs 2-0 on the road and then drew 1-1 in a disappointing game against Wolves on uh, yesterday. What do we think of uh, Aston Villa so far, and what do we think of uh, their new manager and, and, and the form they're in after after signing him?
1: I think this is about where they'll finish, honestly. I think Unai Emery's got them right right where they'll finish. Um maybe you can, they can battle for 10th or 9th but i don't see them going anything below uh, 11th really so um they'll they'll su- uh, surprise uh, a few teams here and there with a big performance just like they uh they did against uh Tottenham uh new year's day so we'll see
2: yeah he's going to have that team ready for those big games it's just the teams around their level that you got to be worried about um which i mean you draw the wolves with how Wolves have been playing, you can't do that this season, especially right off a two nil win against Tottenham. You just never really know with this squad.
0: Yeah. And, and they're they're really shaky. I mean, obviously they have the quality and, and they've they've gotten themselves out of the sticky spot that they were in at the beginning of the season. Uh, which, you know, isn't really that difficult considering they're only ten points off bottom. Uh that that bottom half of the table is not all that all that uh, separated, like it has been in previous seasons, um, they've gotten themselves away of the sticky situation. They've got the quality to continue to go in. Obviously, they they have money to spend, uh, and, and uh, you know, Unai Emery's a top top manager. You don't win three European Cups without without being a top manager. Uh, I'm excited for this because it, Unai Emery can play his style and and be a manager without all the pressure uh of being a top 6 club and, and I think Aston Villa project for the next two seasons looks yeah. looks up and up I mean Steven Gerrard was a signing that there was potential there and, and there was a lot of excitement there for for the Aston Villa fans obviously it did not work out and and you know they may have waited a tiny bit too long but again I think they I think they they made a good decision and now they've seen they've reaped the benefits of that um I guess we'll move on to twelfth place and arguably one of the worst informed teams in all of football. Yeah, well, I guess yeah, that's a little bit unfair, but not Crystal Palace, not all of football <laughs> in, the, in the Premier League. Crystal Palace uh, sit on twenty-two points after seventeen games. Obviously, they had that game in hand over Aston Villa. They're in a good position in twelfth place, um, but in their last three games, they got absolutely thwarted by Fulham on Boxing Day. Uh, they beat Bournemouth 2-0, who may be an even worse one than they are, um, uh, on New Year's Eve. And then uh, yesterday, they got absolutely dominated by Spurs. Crystal Palace, guys, it's, uh, you know, th- their last game before the break, they lost 1-0 to Nottingham Forest. And then to lose two out of the three coming back from the break, it's been a tough run for Patrick Vieira's men, um, do we do we see them shaking off this bad run of form and getting back to the uh, mid-table team we see Crystal Palace in, or are they going to slip a little bit?
1: I see them, honestly, just like Aston Villa, I really do see them staying right where they're at. I don't think they're going to really battle for the uh, top of the table. I think this 11th, 12th spot is honestly just going to be an Aston Villa-Crystal Palace battle for the rest of the season, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. Unlike how we talked about, Fulham, Brighton, and um, those upper or or, yeah Brentford, they're just not playing and gelling well as a group. And you would think that they would be considering this is the second full year with mostly the same starters, so they just need to gel a little bit better. Maybe sell. Uh, I mean, you hate to say see him go as a Palace fan, but maybe Zaha, maybe he's not the leadership that you need in that team.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Also, they lost a really, really big piece in their team with uh, with Connor Gallagher returning from his loan to Chelsea. He was a big piece of that team in terms of goals and goals creation. Uh, and I don't think they've adequately replaced him. I mean, in terms they brought of that,
1: in, They brought in that young DeCorey guy, but he had a couple of good performances at the beginning of the season, but it's kind of falling off. I don't think he's been
0: an adequate replacement for what uh, Connor Gallagher brought to the team. Uh, next up for them is Chelsea, uh, in, in a London derby. There, what do we see out of that one, guys? I mean, obviously Chelsea's beat up too. What do you see from that one?
1: I see Chelsea taking three points. I really just don't see Crystal Palace doing too much in this one. Unfortunately for Patrick
2: Vieira. Yeah, I agree with BJ completely on this one. I see even with their whole list of injury, I see Chelsea pulling it out.
0: Uh, we'll move on to uh, 13th place, Leicester City, who who have really made a comeback. Uh, same manager. Uh, Brendan Rodgers has brought this team back uh, from the brink of desperation. Uh, we thought he was going to get sacked earlier in the season, and he's, and he's come back. Uh, since the restart, obviously, getting dominated by Newcastle, losing 2-1 to Liverpool at Anfield, and then uh, losing 1-0 to Fulham. Three defeats on the spin. Uh, a little bit of a tough situation here for Leicester City, but they but they have hope in playing uh, Nottingham Forest next. Jeremy, I'll get your opinion on Leicester City.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not the form you want coming back from uh, Project uh, World Cup restart. I mean, they were doing really good right before the World Cup. They had two wins, and then they come back with three losses. Them, Bournemouth, and Southampton are only three teams to lose uh, their three games since the uh, World Cup restart. Definitely not what you wanted to fall back into if you are a Leicester.
2: Yeah, they're really looking like the form they started the season with. Just like you said, this – Long break really didn't do them any benefit. It would have been better for them with no World Cup, still playing games. It's just, I mean, Madison's out too, so you're losing a little bit of creativity there. But it's just not good if you're a Leicester fan.
0: No, not
2: at all. I mean, you saw
0: a pickup in form in terms of since the way they started the season. Um, But yeah it's been a it's been a difficult restart especially with having all those those weeks off and and uh Brandon rogers having a chance to really impact his team um hopefully lester can turn around because you know they're one of those teams that you really like seeing but uh you know who knows what's next for them like you said they're in money situations they don't have a lot of money to spend this january uh, you know they sold Fafana, he's gone that was their real key piece i mean they have Uh, Kiernan Jusby-Hall, he's a good piece. to have James Madison. Who knows how long he's going to stay at the club. Uh, Tielemans is out of contract this summer. So it it could be make or break with this window and the next one for Leicester City. Uh, Any more to add on Leicester City, guys? No, not for me. Leeds United sit in 14th, uh, tied with Leicester City. With a game in hand, uh, Jesse Marsh's men and and, uh, the American guys – are in a poacher spot since the restart, losing 3-1 to City, uh, drawing 0-0 Newcastle on, on New Year's Eve, a game we – obviously you said earlier we thought was going to be the fireworks for New Year's Eve. It was not. And then uh, a disappointing draw with West Ham on uh, yesterday. Guys, uh, Leeds United and the outlook on, on the future of their season, what do we say?
2: Well, they're heavily reliant on a bunch of these younger players which is good for their growth, but will it be enough for them to stay up is the biggest question. I mean, Somerville and uh, Yanto, or however you say his name, I think they're good pieces, but you know, kind of want that clinical goal-scoring option up top. But who knows? Maybe that those youngsters can surprise us and they really gel as a group and stay out of relegation zone, which is what you're hoping for right now as a Leeds fan?
1: Yeah, honestly, uh, it's nice that Leeds have this game in hand because if they didn't, uh, 13th through 20th would all be on 18 points – 13th through 18th would all be on 18 games and only be separated about three points. Uh, two points, I'm sorry. That's crazy. Yeah, that is nuts.
0: Jesus. Um, and obviously, yeah,
1: that, that, that game in hand for Leeds is huge. They got to win it there.
0: Yeah, and obviously scathing relegation on the last day of the season last year by a brilliant performance from Rafinha, who's now uh, Barcelona's busted of the season. Uh, you know, Leeds are, are in a position where you know they're, they're doing better than they were at this point last season. Um, do you see them slipping into a relegation battle this year, guys, or are
1: they safe? No, I don't. I just think the teams below them are just worse than them. They don't have the quality that they have.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Speaking of the teams below them, we'll move on to fifteenth place, and it's it's none other than Nottingham Forest, the uh, the big spinners this summer, spin, uh bringing in twenty two players, and and uh, and they Already found themselves some of them. <laughs> yeah, they they found themselves uh, off the bottom of the table and out of the relegation zone at this point in the season, sitting fifteenth on seventeen points, even with Leeds, obviously playing one extra game than them, uh, their goal differential being the only reason they're uh, below Leicester City and Leeds. Uh, not enforced in their past three games. Uh, not so good against Manchester United. A brilliant draw against Chelsea, and then a one 0 win over uh, bottom of the table Southampton. Not enforced, guys. Are they safe, or are we seeing just uh, just uh, the last gasp before they they fight back and they find themselves back in a relegation battle?
1: I mean, they might be for like we've talked about. They they had they bought a lot of players. They I think they uh, just had to find the right type of uh, uh, players to play and what the players to play in the right lineup. Honestly, I and I think they might have finally found that.
2: Yeah, I think so too. It seems like the last two games they've had the same uh, fifteen or so players. Whether I mean, I think nine or ten of them started both of them and it's been the same subs, So it seems like they're starting to find themselves and find their identity. It's just like we said before, they could have used all that money a lot better.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, we were talking about it this weekend. I mean, they could have, with the money they spent, instead of buying 21, 22, 23 players, they could have bought 10 really quality players and, and, and had themselves mid table and safe at this point of the season. Um, you know, I see I don't see them keeping the form they're in going. I think I think they slip I think they slip a little bit and find themselves back in the relegation battle. Uh, but you know, ho- hopefully for their sake and their future sake, they do not find themselves in that situation. I guess we'll see moving forward. Uh we'll move on to just below them, the the last recently promoted team of this tabletop or the, of this season, uh Bournemouth sitting sixteenth place. Um uh, on 16 points how nice is that that makes it easier for me uh Bournemouth really started the season very very good since have sort of fallen off they had a new manager they signed a new man or excuse me they had a caretaker manager take over over Scott Parker did really well in the beginning uh since then not so hot uh after the break Losing two nil to Chelsea, two nil to Crystal Palace, and three nil to Manchester United. That's an aggregate score. For those of you who do not know math, of negative seven. What do we say about Bournemouth
1: restarting their future of their club? Um, I really don't think uh, signing the caretaker or letting him take over was the right thing. Uh, Scott Parker, what is he doing now? Y'all, y'all know. Uh, he's linked with
0: West Ham job if David Moyes gets when David Moyes gets sacked, I should say. Not-
1: Scott Parker is the uh, manager at Club Brugge right now in um, Italy. I'm pretty sure he's going to be uh, managing a Champions League game coming up. Really? I didn't know. Yep. You,
0: I didn't know he was. I thought
1: he was linked with West Ham. Nah, he is the manager for Club Brugge. Crazy, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you make those comments in the press like you did.
1: You're not really gonna. Get away with it? I mean, but I just don't think this team is good at all. I, they're definitely going to be relegated, in my opinion. I just don't see them battling it for anything meaningful.
2: Yeah, if they stay up, they're really going to be lucky, I think. Uh, I mean, like you said, their form has been slipping. It's looking to be there where they should be, if not still slightly above sitting 16th.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look, let's just peek back to their form starting, um, you know, from their last most impressive game where they drew 1-1 with Newcastle on the 17th of September. Since then, no 0 draw with Brentford, which is a good result for them, considering Brentford's a pretty good team. They beat Leicester 2-1, which is an even better result, uh, and drew Fulham 2-2. So this is when you say, okay, this caretaker manager is legit. He's good. He's going to do it. Then a 1-0 loss to Southampton a 2-0 loss to West Ham both teams in awful form at the time a 3-2 loss to Spurs i'm pretty sure they were up 2-0 in that game weren't they i'm pretty yep. sure yeah i'm pretty sure they were up 2-0 in that game and Spurs came back to beat them 3-2 an absolute shootout with Leeds 4-3 and then this is where i think Bournemouth got it wrong they hosted Everton in the Carabao Cup where they absolutely thwarted them 4-1 and then they hosted him in the Premier League just just four days later and beat him 3-0 on the last day before the World Cup. That was the moment where you say, we've got momentum. We've got to replace the caretaker manager with a proper manager who we believe in, who's going to take this club going forward. He's got, you know, the World Cup weeks to get the team yep. in order and everything, and they just did it. They let it slip, and now, you know...
1: They're going to pay the price for it.
0: I think they are as well, and, and, and you know, Bournemouth... I don't know anybody that likes him. No offense to them, I you know, but I, don't, I won't and feel sorry the for him because
1: you know, expected goal differential in the league at sixteen point six. That is freaking awful. Right, negative sixteen point six. As should say, oh, yeah, that's
0: yeah, not great. And they're tied. They're tied for their worst goal differential um, in the league right now with Nottingham Forest, who sit just uh, you know one point above them in the table. Uh, they're going to have to get that together if they want to move forward. Um, but. I could see them and Forrest slipping into a relegation battle. We may have a we may have a fourteen battle going into the season in terms of relegation battle. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that when we get to the rest of the teams. Uh, rounding out the top half of the table that aren't facing relegation at the moment, if the season ended today, is uh, David Moyes' West Ham United. After eighteen games, they sit on fifteen points. Uh, they have luckily they have Wolves up next, who have been in a bit of form. Daniel Potens for them is, is finding goals, which. We talked about earlier in the season was what they needed. Uh, since the restart, though, uh, obviously thwarted by Arsenal on opening day uh, since the restart, 3-1. I think they were up 1-0 in that game, no? Yes, yes they were. They,
1: they scored a uh, p- uh, p- p- penalty.
0: Beaten by red-hot Brentford at home, who, you know, that's not that disappointing a result because Brentford are on fire. And then a, a good draw with Leeds 2-2. I think they were I think they were down 1-0, scored two goals with Samaka, gifted one. Uh, by Brendan Anderson, We won't talk too much about that because that's our guy. And then Leeds leads pecked him back late in the game. Uh, West Ham sit on 15 points, no wins in their last five. Up next, Wolves. Guys, how long do you think – you're you're on the board at West Ham. How long are you giving
1: David Moyes, or are you already calling for his head? I mean, yeah, I don't think he stays past this season. I think West Ham stay up. I really don't think they get relegated. Um, but I, I think they're just trying to be uh, – Respectful to David Moyes, honestly. But it might cost him. You never know.
2: Yeah, i I say if you don't get four out of your next two, being Wolves and Everton, sack him. It'd be the right time, in my opinion, as they play Newcastle, Chelsea, and Tottenham in their next three. I mean, that's time for you to find somebody. And, I mean, Moyes isn't doing well. So what can you really expect?
0: No, he's not. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I just – it just – it blows my mind. I mean, this West Ham team are quality. They have lots of quality. They even reloaded in terms of quality this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. But, again, I mean, you know, this was a European team. They're, they're in Europe this year. I mean, they finished, you know, in a good spot last season. What happened this summer? What's going on? Are the new signings not gelling? What's happening?
1: And And for I, I me – I can give it to you. You ready? Yeah. Declan Rice doesn't care anymore. He's leaving. Mm-hmm. He was the most crucial point of that team last year, and he is just not playing like he was last year because he doesn't want to injure, potentially injure himself and ruin his career. So he is just holding out, and he's going to dominate wherever he goes in the summer.
0: I, I mean, I go. agree with you. I there agree you with go. you he's leaving 100%. I don't – I mean, in terms of defensive statistics and and, and – Building play, I don't think I don't think that's very true. I think he, he's been one of the best defensive midfielders in the league this season. Uh, still, even if, if you're saying he's not caring, now I want to see what he looks like when he's caring. I guess it gets West Ham. Yeah, yeah in the that's,
1: that's why I want him in Arsenal.
0: Anyways, yeah, West Ham are in, in pretty rough form. They up next, they have Wolves. Guys, uh, are they going? You, you say they're not going to be in a relegation battle. You see them finishing 15th and up, or are they going to be below 15th?
1: No, I think they jump Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest. I think they'll be uh, 15th and up.
2: Yeah, Uh, I can see them being 15th and up, but I still see them fighting in this relegation battle. I mean, we talked about the point differential in between 13th and 18th, 18th. and you could really even go to 19th with there being four points through those uh, teams. I mean, really it's that those – Last two relegation spots are further taking right now. And, I mean, obviously not in a good way. So, I think they'll be in that fight all season long.
0: I guess we got to move on to uh, 17th place, Everton Football Club. Uh, There was obviously two defeats before the World Cup to Bournemouth, one in the Cup and one uh, one in the Premier League. Not pretty. Lampard ball, not pretty at all. Uh, opening day after the World Cup, there's a lot of hype because it's Wolves. It's at home. There's a chance. You go up 1-0 early through a Yerry Mina corner header, uh, and then you give up two goals, one in the absolute last minute of the game after the fans were begging for the ball to be played forward, The ball is played forward. Wolves' counter. 2-1. Beat us. And then... A brilliant draw against City on the road uh, on New Year's Eve. We talked about that earlier. Damari great Belter, uh, some some resolute defending by by Everton. Uh, not Manchester City's day. And then uh, Lampard had a chance again at home against a red Heart Brighton team to, to prove that he 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 had a chance to continue to be in the manager. And we got absolutely thwarted four to one by Brighton. Not a pretty situation. Not looking good in terms of uh, Everton's future. Uh, I'll start with you, BJ, because you tend to be the more critical. I want to go ahead and get you out of the way. What, what, uh, what say you about Everton and their future? Mm. You want it straight, Jack? I mean, huh? that's what we're here for, my man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, are, y'all are gonna be right in that relegation battle until the very last game, just like last year. You might get lucky and pull it out. You might have a miracle. Like what Charleston gave you, but it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be real tough. You gotta, you gotta hope for um, Wolves to continue, continue, continue to do what they're doing, and Bournemouth fall, fall back, and y'all pick it up. Which is a lot to ask.
2: Yeah, I think y'all are in the relegation battle all year too. Um, but if we go back to I'll just go back to the last two games since you talked about that Wolves game. Um, tactically, Frank gets it 100% right against Man City. And then 100% wrong against Brighton. Like, why didn't you just stay with what you did against City as obviously that worked? Especially against Brighton. Read God,
0: I couldn't especially, agree more. Sorry.
2: Especially against Brighton, who, and I'm pretty sure their last two games, they've outpossessed City, which only makes three games since then. I mean, we got outpossessed today, but Brighton had 60% possession whenever they played us. So tell me why you're not doing the same thing that you did against us, against Brighton. It just I'll tell you why sense. if you want. Well, Tell me why. It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: I think there's a lot of pressure on Frank Lampard to play Lampard ball and not the way we played. So so when he first came in, he tried to play Lampard ball. And we, we had a brilliant game against Leeds last season. We beat them 3-0 at home. It was brilliant. Everything was great. Um, and then he played Lampard ball up until the Spurs defeat in February. We lost 5-0 on the road against Spurs. And it was embarrassing. And he said, okay, oh, for the rest of the season, we're running a 5-3-2 or a 5-2-3. And we're parking the bus and hitting people on the counter and trying to get 1-0 wins. Beat Manchester United 1-0. Beat Chelsea 1-0. Beat Leicester 2-1 on the road. Draw Leicester 1-1 at home. Barely scrap out a relegation with a 3-2 win against Crystal Palace when we opened up into 4-3-3. And all summer long, he tries to teach Lampard ball. This entire season, except for the first game of the season, the Chelsea game, we played a 4-3-3 Lampard ball, and it seemed where like it's got us. I mean, it, it, we don't have the quality for that. We just do not. We we did in 2020 when Carlo was the coach, and we had James, and we had Sigerson and we had Dinya creating goals. For Richarlison and Dominique Cavaloon, two great goal scorers, to finish. This season, the only people we have creating goals are Damari De- Gray and Alex Wolby, which is not enough. Sorry. Anyways, moving forward. Question for you guys. If you're the fat, ugly bastard Bill Kinright, who is the chairman of the Everton board, do you sack Frank Lampard or do if you keep ever- him around?
2: If Everton doesn't beat Southampton, and I'm talking about three points, your job is on the line. I mean, plain and simple you got to get three points out of that game that's if what you I was, expect to keep your job.
1: That's what I was just about to say, Justin. Jack might be seeing Lampard's last game as the Everton manager. How does that yeah. make you feel, Jack? I will be in attendance at that game. Uh, currently, currently, currently,
0: the latest out of news from from the Everton board is if Lampard does not get a positive result tomorrow against Manchester United in the
1: FA Cup, he's out. Yikes, that might not be a good scene for y'all <laughs> Yeah, there. I don't know who's going to be in charge when... <laughs> is, when it gonna uh, be, is it going to be um Big Ferg again? No,
0: Big Ferg is not even at the club anymore. He <laughs> left. <laughs> oh, no. You know who I think? It'll, you know who I, think it'll, I think it'll be Leighton Baines, honestly. If I'm going to put anybody in charge, I'll put Leighton Baines in charge. He's in charge of the U18 team, and they're actually balling. But anyways, um let's look at Everton's next five games, just, just to say. So say Lampard gets three points against Southampton and gives me the most impressive spectacle while I'm in goodison park in the Gladys shootings we beat Southampton. <laughs> Up next we travel to West Ham. We have Arsenal at home. We go to Anfield to face Liverpool and then we have Leeds at home. So it ain't looking pretty in terms of in terms of our next couple of fixtures. Um like you said you, you guys think Everton will be in a relegation battle. I think I think the five teams that'll be in it or uh, excuse me, the four teams that will be in it, because I think Wolves get out of it with Daniel Poonin's catching form and, and and all the players and all the quality they have in that Wolves team. I think Southampton, Everton, Bournemouth, and Forrest fight it out. And I think, hear me out, I think Everton makes it out. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving forward to 19th, Wolverhampton-Wolvers uh, sit in the most advantageous position considering they have been at the bottom of the table the longest – they have a new manager consider- compared to all the other teams. I guess Southampton have a new manager as well, but he, he, he's not proven. He's a rookie. Um, Wolverhampton-Wolvers, uh, sure. a lot of quality in that team, a lot of new players. Guys, what do we think about Wolves?
1: Yeah, they've um, definitely made the steps to um, get out of the relegation zone. I just don't know if they will, honestly. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be really tough for them. They got the new manager. It seems to be uh, playing right. Justin, what do you think about Wolves' season so far?
2: Well, I see it all depends on whether they can find goals. Like you said, their, Potence is starting to find form, which he's been in the right spot all year long. He just hasn't been able to put the ball on target, of all things. He wasn't even working the keeper. But, what's see, he got uh, two in his last three. So, if he can come alive and score goals, that'll yeah. – them work their way up the table, but it can't just be him. Maybe that midfield finds some goals, maybe their new signing, uh, Cunha, uh, finds some goals. But I don't know, I see them in the bottom five or six. Maybe they'll finish 15th, maybe, uh, with how they've been playing. They haven't even been as strong at the back all season, so. But if they can score goals, they can work their way up, basically.
1: Yeah, like you said, Justin, that new signing uh, Cunha coming in from Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid. That's going to be a big uh, uh, play for them to get out of this relegation zone. Um, Which he really, he really could. Which would be huge for him. Um, I could see Nottingham Forest maybe falling back, um, and Wolves picking up form, but we'll have to see. There, be interesting.
0: Yep. And that'll uh, bring us to the last team in the table. Uh, Southampton, who have sacked their manager before the World Cup, bringing in a rookie new manager to lead the line going forward. A three-one loss to Brighton on Boxing Day, a 2 a two-one loss to Fulham on uh, New Year's Eve, and then a disappointing one-nil loss at home against Southampton uh, yesterday. <laughs> Excuse me, against Nottingham Forest yesterday, guys. Southampton crisis. Do you change the manager again, or do you stick with them and, and and pray that this is the right move?
2: Well, at this point, I think you stick with them. My opinion, they're going down either way. They did bring in a lot of youth players, so honestly, a year in the championship, as long as they get promoted, wouldn't be bad for all their youth. Since they score or they signed, I think four or five players under twenty, so let that group grow together and come back stronger the next year, you know.
1: Yeah, like Justin just said, I don't think they I don't think you should fire this manager after i um, bringing
2: him up. Well, they they brought him from Luton
1: Town, right? And yeah. they he was they were doing pretty good in the championship if I don't mistake. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong there. Um so yeah, yeah. yeah I, I definitely think uh what Justin said was uh hitting the nail on the head. They're going to get relegated no matter what in my opinion and this young talent they have with this manager who seemed to be doing pretty good in championship of Luton Town. Could really uh, develop these players and come back really strong in the Premier League. I agree.
0: That wraps up our table talk here uh, uh, for tackling the Premier League podcast. Guys, it's been so good to get back together with you guys. It's been too long. Uh, we obviously, uh, unfortunately, are going to miss the next game week due to uh, me being across the pond and, and seeing the 18th place team face the 20th place team, which is just not ideal. I went through the Everton schedule and tried to find a game. I thought we might have a chance at winning so that we could go see it. <laughs> that was the best I could come up with. Anyways, uh, we'll be back uh, towards the end of the month for a, another Tackling the Premier League podcast. But again, guys, if if you're here, if you're listening, we'd love to hear from you. First of all, we greatly appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you. Add us on Twitter. Uh, text us if you know us. Tweet at us. DM us. Do whatever it takes. At Tackling the Prem on Twitter. Um, We appreciate everyone who uh, competed in our uh, FIFA World Cup bracket challenge uh, that we posted on our Twitter account. Um, Unfortunately, one of our members, Justin, did not solidify his picks in said challenge. So shout out to Ryan Spigner for being the winner of that challenge. Um, But uh, moving forward, hit us up, DM us, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, tell us what you want to hear more of, tell us what you want to hear less of. We appreciate you. Thank you guys so much.
2: Yeah, thank y'all for listening again. We'll see y'all next time. Absolutely. And uh,
0: cheers, guys.